Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. Well, Ed, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, man, but I'm pretty inspired by that quote by Chewbacca. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I hope I got it right. So I'm sitting here and I'm actually writing the quote down. So hopefully yeah. I got it all. But yeah, it was really, um, it's profound. Like it really gets you to think deeply, you know, and I, you wouldn't expect it from a, a furball. Oh, absolutely not. And and the infliction in his voice kind of displays the emotional intelligence that he has throughout all the series. Uh, it's just, uh, Chewbacca is just a great leader. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the success or failure of all those missions that, you know, I think he played a big role in it. And I think you can see that come through in his leadership with that quote. Absolutely. So, it, I mean, here it is. We decided to talk about a little bit about Chewbacca, but really this show's not about that. We're actually going to get into some leadership lessons from Star Wars. But with that being said, we're doing that because you came to come up with an idea. And what's going on with you right now? Well, you know, after all these many, many, many years of marriage, now <laughs> I try to <laughs> try to come up with different things to uh, to to celebrate with my wife, and she's she's a bigger Star Wars nerd than I am. And I knew May the Fourth was coming up, and I was like, you know what, this weekend is going to be May the Fourth weekend for us. So we're doing like, um, you know, with the current COVID situation, you can't go to the movies, so we're doing like popcorn and stuff, and and watching. Uh, binge watching Star Wars movies, starting with A New Hope, because there's oh we actually we started with Rogue One, starting with Rogue One because there's nothing before that anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going through watching Star Wars movies this weekend, Brian. I, I know you also uh, are a big fan. Oh yeah, oh huge fan. Actually, uh, we've discussed it, and we're we're gonna do ours because I'm I'm taking leave uh, this coming week, and we are gonna do our star wars watchathon on <laughs> may the 4th so we're actually going to get involved in that um and I'm, I'm just kind of excited because i know my little girl she loves star wars ethan he's not like he's not as in tune with it so but I, i'm pretty excited about it and you know then when you said hey let's do some leadership lessons on star wars and then you kind of sent me some articles to look at and i was like dude this is like this is like some deep stuff and actually, you're even going to lead into even some failures at some point. Yes. We kind of discussed it beforehand that you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe he did that. And that's a leadership <laughs> failure type thing. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you got to see it, but I sent you um, I had sent you a it was like a video type thing. It was uh, basically the Galact it's five leadership mistakes by the Galactic Empire. It was a video. And I was like, dude, this is actually pretty good, you know, so. Um, I did. I'm, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> did you, it, it was funny because of how they went through, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's you know tyranny and all this stuff, and really bad leadership. Um, you never want to you know be under Darth Vader and the Emperor. But um, I, so you said though, and and I know how you feel about the whole series. Uh, and and I, when I say the series, because I know your your comment of there's nothing before Rogue One, but I, I'm not saying. That the, the 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 three the episodes one two and three were good, but I'm a story person, right? I like a story, uh, and I like the imagination of the story. 
what is it? Let me ask you this, man. Before we get too deep, what is it about those first three that kind of like just sets you off and says, you know, no, I don't accept those as part of this because I don't like it. Why is that? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I would give you half of episode three. And yeah, that's about it. So first problem I have with the the one through three episodes is Anakin is so whiny in those episodes. He's such a little crybaby. It drives me crazy. And so the first one, I was super okay. So you don't, you don't like you don't like the acting. Well, it's no, it's the way it's written though. You know, he's written to be like a complainer, kind of. Which actually, it's funny because today watching uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back with my wife, she says, you know, it's really odd. Like they made Anakin so whiny, but man, Luke is just like that too. <laughs> um, and, and of course, yeah, my birthday, my birthday has a big deal with it because we grew up with three and then they came with those and it was i was excited but i was like i don't really like the second one to me is just a big love story it was terrible i I, the clone war i could not stand that movie uh i could tolerate the first one i like to mess with my wife because there's a character in the first one that i'm like i'm telling you he is the ultimate jedi and she just will not accept that jar jar binks is the superstar uh (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just too over the top it wasn't I, I just didn't think it lined up very well i didn't like the stories to them the newer ones yeah i can't do solo i thought solo was really boring in fact my wife is a star wars nerd and she went to sleep watching solo so <laughs> that might be yeah yeah and then and, and that's the thing like so i didn't mind solo um, it was a little boring in instances. And, and like I said, I liked the, 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 the one through three, I don't call them original three cause I know what the original <laughs> three are. Um, I just like the story of it. I like the idea behind the imagination behind it. And I, I agree with you, you both about that whole, because I've always felt Luke was a big whiner all the way up until empire empire is where it's almost like, okay, the boy became the man, you know, he was to me. Yeah. He finishes his training kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, not, I'm probably not a big as a nerd, uh, Star Wars nerd as maybe your wife is. Um, I know we just enjoy it. Uh, but there is a storyline. It's a three book series. And I'm not sure if Tammy's read it or not. She probably has. Um, it's the Darth Bane series. And I'm infatuated with Darth Bane mm. and just how he is the originator of There Can Only Be Two. Right. So he's the one that started that uh, when he came into the scene, there were tons of Sith. Right. Just tons of them all over the place. They had their own they had their own training planet and everything. You know, it was just insane. Uh, and then he destroyed all the Sith except for one little girl who became his his uh, basically his Padawan or whatever. You know, I just. But yeah, it's a really good series. You should ask her sometimes she's ever read the Darth Bane series. It's pretty, it's really, really good. Is that like that? So that's pre uh yeah, that's pre Clone Wars. Oh yeah. That's like old that's old huh. Republic, like old, old Republic. I mean Way back. some of them, yeah. So I I I will be honest with you, I've heard great things about the Mandalorian, but I have not finished watching it. Really? And uh I heard it's really good. I just haven't finished watching it. I loved it. I think it's. I think it was a great uh, kickoff. Um, I I was a little disappointed because I was hoping to see a tie-in to movie stuff, but it wasn't much of a tie-in, right? It was very. It's almost like it grazed it to me. Um, and I was hoping that, like you know, 
because I don't know, I didn't know where the Mandalorian stood in the timeline. Um, I was hoping there'd be more of a tie-in, though. I was hoping, like, when that the last Jedi, um, you know, came out, I was hoping it would like kind of incorporate itself into that a little bit, uh, because I'd read a spoiler. Somebody talking about you know the the baby Yoda is actually gonna you know be a tie-in as being the actual last Jedi, blah, blah, blah. but. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because I really did enjoy the last one. Um, I, I thought it was kind of a – it brought everything full circle. Um, man, I could just – dude, I can sit here and just talk to you about Star Wars stuff all I day. And I was just I was just thinking I should interrupt him and tell him, yeah, but we don't do movie pod – we're not doing a movie podcast. We're here to talk about the leadership. <laughs> the influence. We are, we are supposed to. I know. We should. But that's the thing, though. That's how much of an influence it is, because you could you could sit back and think about like probably like the first time you watched. You know, um, I remember my first, uh, probably around the first time I watched it, I didn't understand it. I don't know how many times I've watched the series and picked on picked up on something new, much like you're going to talk mm-hmm. about in a little bit. But I digress, my friend. We've got well, to move on to this leadership point of it. Yeah, but before, I mean, really, before we do, think about the influence of it, though. So even in the article that we're using, it talks about, like, this is a, a, a movie that has, like, spanned, you know, you're talking about 77, 76, 77, the first one come out. Then the 80s, there was yep. ones. Then in the 90s, there was releases. Now in the 2000s, they've released movies. So you're talking about 40 years of Star Wars at this point, like 43 right now. So, That's yeah. Insane. So uh, as far as generations, I mean, it's got everything from the baby boomers to, you know, the Gen Z millennials and, and everything in between. So there is a huge influence. And I think that's why it's important that we can point out that a fictional movie, but we can point out and pick out, some significant leadership lessons in this movie and there are yes. tons but we've just got a few today yeah we're just going to go over five yeah. today and discuss these and kind of i guess hit upon the points that we get from the movie and in real life situations but at the same time what you're saying is because you're even going to bring up one you're gonna be like hey look such and such was showing <laughs> blah 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 you know later um and, and i even i even got to the point I looked up at, I looked, cause I knew how you feel about the first three. And then I also knew how you, I also knew how you felt about Jaja Binks. And I actually have an audio clip that I'm going to throw in <laughs> at the very end of this episode. Completely Jar Jar related, man. I tried to find a personality trick, uh, one of those personality quizzes today for star Wars, you know, that I was like, Oh, we could throw this out. Maybe have some discussion. And then I did it and I actually got right. Jar Jar Binks. Uh, and so yeah For and you? then i did another one and got vader so those things are so you know it's the clickbait yeah. facebook which character are you and absolutely got jar yeah. jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> well well if it makes you feel better man uh you said vader uh i did send you a picture of my coffee cup but i <laughs> i decided to start my morning off to kind of get the i wanted to get the ambiance i wanted to get is that what it is of, you know because i'm I am a I'm a big fan. I, I love Darth Vader. Uh, I I know he was a bad guy, but at some time there, there's also something about his presence and ah. stuff like that that just I know. Yeah, he ruled off fear and all this, and I'm not really into the fear thing, but it's just something about Darth Vader that's always fascinated me. Um, and there I had my coffee cup sitting out on the back patio drinking coffee out of my big Darth Vader cup. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
All right. Anyway, let us travel on. So we we basically have got this. Uh, it's it's quotes. It's going to be five different quotes that are pulled from the movie, and you're going to hear the quote. Actually, uh, I'm going to have the quote play, and then we're going to discuss that quote. Uh, but these five different quotes are just leadership lessons from Star Wars, um, and we already kind of pointed out that they're all from pretty much the main three sort of except for the very first one i pulled the clip out of i want to say the number episode three Uh, but all the rest were either new hope or empire here's quote number one all right fear is the path to the dark side fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering we just heard yoda tell us about fear being the path to the dark side what it has to say in this article, I want to bring this up, but yeah. also I like to look at that whole piece about fear and how it plays a role in leadership, right? So confidence is a key component to effective leadership that enables employees to trust your decision-making and guidance. However, leaders who are ruled by their fears and insecurities often overcompensate by being a dictator or a doormat. Mm neither of which will inspire team members to do their best work. Excellent. We can get into how you can avoid that. But when you think about that, Ed, right, of all the leadership lessons that you've kind of gone through, and when you think about different leaders, I have one in mind. Um, It's a fairly recent one that you and I both kind of were a part of with the whole fear and how the decision-making was so sporadic. Uh, You're just like, where's this guy getting this decision making from? And it was often fear of what other people thought or, uh, and yeah. you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know you do. I, I'm with you. We're, we're together. <laughs> but it's the fear of what other people thought. And you're like, you gotta, at some point, man, when does that fear just, you know, either overwhelm you or you just say, you know what, forget the fear. I'm just going to do it this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really funny that you mentioned it because when you look at this, this could go multiple ways, right? When we talk about fear, you as a leader, I could use fear by threatening some kind of administrative action, or it could be my own fear. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about before junior leaders have a, a, a fear early in their career of making a decision uh, because yeah. they're afraid of the consequence that could come with that, de- you know, that decision in, in regards to their, their subordinates or those that work for them. And that's where we as seniors have to make them confident in their ability to make a decision without fear of repercussion, mm-hmm. unless it, you know, violates something moral, illegal, or unethical, but yep. that's how we groom them. And that's why I actually wrote down as you was talking about started in on this is fear is the path to the dark side. To me that what that means is, if I'm a leader who uses fear or has fear of making a decision or I use fear to rule, that is going to influence those below me. And then it's a good chance that influence is going to lead to them also being leaders who uh, have those same qualities of fear, either afraid to make decisions or afraid or use fear to make people respect them, um, mm. you know, thumping their chest and all this other stuff. Now, of course, we've talked about many times one of my favorite generals, which I'm actually doing a huge paper on right now, uh, General Patton. He did rule a bit through fear. He did. Yeah. But that was the yeah, It's funny you, you brought that up. I had a friend I was talking to him about. Um, I was explaining to him about that book that you offered up to me. And I was like, Man, this is, and it is a good book, by the way, Ed. And we probably should definitely do a podcast on that. 
uh, just alone, just the the theories. But he was he was mentioning to me. He's like, yeah. He's like, I didn't mind Patton. He's just like, I just didn't like his toxicity. And I'm like, and and I and I'm one to pro, poke and prod to find out what they mean because I I kind of had an idea. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's like he's like he pushed people a certain way through fear and all that. And I'm like, ah, I got you. Even though he was a good and he was effective, mm-hmm. but then there's the good side to him too, though. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great example. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But and it's crazy. So as I've been doing this research, but one of the things is back in those days when you ask somebody, "Hey, what what outfit are you in?" Because you know that's how they said, "What unit?" Whatever, they would say, "Oh, I'm in. You know, I'm in. I'm with the 101st, 506 Paratroopers. I'm with." But for whatever reason, his soldiers always said, "Oh, I'm with Patton." You know what I mean? They didn't identify with the unit designation. They identify with who their general was, which, as a lower level, that's also crazy too. But so he he used fear. But he still ended up getting the respect of his soldiers, which is, uh, first of all, different time period, right? We're talking about the, the 40s, the right. early 1900s. So a little bit different, um, you know, kind of mindset. Yeah. I, and so I think about that, right? And I thought about the uh, when I sent you, uh, I also sent you that video about the five mistakes the Empire Galactic yep. Empire made. And I thought about the fear and I thought about the culture. So let's let's dive back into this star wars thing think about the culture when say for instance darth is he's choking out <laughs> one of those imperial officers everybody right oh yeah everybody like that that fear he's created fear in that room he's created a, a, a um an element of fear to where no one wants to speak their mind on, and offer up possible other solutions and thoughts and all this instead it's like okay I want I, the, the, everything they say, they're double guess, you know, they're, they're tri- double and triple guessing whether it's the right thing to say. So one, yeah. they won't say anything, creating a, a, a culture of basically poor communication. Um, and at the <laughs> same time, they're thinking to themselves, is this what the master wants to hear? Or, you know, and, and, and I say that or in the manner that, hey, this guy basically ruled them through fear, created a toxic environment of toxic culture. Oh, yeah. And people just didn't care. And if you notice, if you remember, um, when you go a little bit further, we go to the last three movies with Kylo Ren and how him and that other uh, officer kind of were pitted against each other by Snook. Yeah. Just kind of seeing that, you're like, wait a second. This is a little bit different. It's almost the same because there is the fear factor in there, but it's a little bit different. And to me, Kylo, his fear, um, it didn't create so much of a toxic environment, but more about his indecisiveness, right? That Like people were doubting. And then that, that particular officer was like, he even doubted him in front of Snook about, hey, you, your ideas are wrong, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, man, it makes so much yep. sense. Like you see, you see that whole fear is the path to the dark side piece and how fear created really poor leadership. Yeah. Well, you know, the last movie we watched today before breaking so that I can record was is Empire Strikes Back. Right. And in the first portion half of the movie, Vader kills two admirals and replaces them on the spot. So now you're the third admiral. So how much uh are you willing to make a decision? that may not be favorable. Yeah. Like you literally just watched both dudes die. You know what I mean? Like, so you're like, Oh wow. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get force choked. So you're, you're reluctant to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And of course we know, you know, yeah. 
repeated empire mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Hey, so let's look. This is what this is what the uh, this particular author is saying about the whole fear thing is. You can avoid this by practicing honest self-evaluation. And this is something you and I, Ed, we talk about all the time, uh, that when we do these self-evaluations, it, help us, it helps us with lifelong learning, which we always go about uh, talking. Mm-hmm. But basically, you, you want to look at things like, are you firm but fair? So, you know, when I first read that piece right there, Ed, you, the first thing I thought of was the dichotomy of leadership. That was the very first thing I thought. I think yeah. that's like that, that finding <laughs> that balance of leadership. And you're like, ah, am I firm? But at the same time, am I fair to my people? Right. Uh, and then here we go. Continuing on. Do you handle criticism? Well, like you think about it, Darth did not handle criticism very well. He was, I mean, no, yeah, no. <laughs> everyone's getting force choked. Um, so everyone, uh, yeah, he force chokes the dude at the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So you can definitely tell he didn't handle it well. And, and it's kind of like one of those things, if you were to do a self-evaluation, Ed, not, not you, just in general, people do this in general. Um, and they think about it. Are you one of those people that when you get criticized that you're literally doing a mental force choke on someone, you know, like, I think that's when you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like I have a problem with this, you know, kind of thing. Cause I've yeah. even done that myself, like where I, I'm like, I want to choke you out right now and I can't because it's illegal, immoral, and unethical. So, uh, you're lucky. <laughs> so, um, and then you're safe this time. Yeah. <laughs> you're safe this time. Wait till the zombie apocalypse. Um, no. Uh, is there anything you could be doing differently to support your team? Now that I, I kind of felt that was stretching a little bit as a question, but at the same time I was like, oh, okay, I could kind of see what that means. If I like, let's put ourselves in Darth Vader's shoes, right? If I asked Darth Vader, it, is there anything you could do differently to support your team? Could you imagine how more effective they could possibly be? I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, could you just imagine like Darth walking up to the table and he's like, like what can I do to support me? <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. Um, and then here we go. Being mindful about your strengths and weaknesses and taking the time to assess how this impacts others will help you to harness your confidence and be a better leader. We talk about mindfulness all the time. I think, and it's just me, I think, you know, those who obtain the force, whether it be on the Sith side or the Jedi side, I think they are mindful. They're extremely mindful, almost to a point where, Sometimes they're over-mindful, uh, where, like, say, those on the dark side uh, and, and within the Sith, that their mindfulness is almost like for self-gratification and for uh, self-preservation, in a sense, right? That's how yeah. too far they go. But then you go to the Jedi side, because I'm, I guess you could say I'm kind of for the gray order. Um, if anybody knows kind of where, what that is, that's kind of like the in-between. There's no you know, one side or the other, it's just in the middle because then the Jedi, they're almost so mindful that they're just, they're basically like these really humble monks who have to be pushed to, uh, to take on any type of like action towards someone or anything. They, they're very, you know, don't get me wrong. They're humble, but almost to a certain extent, some of them are just too humble and just too, you know what I mean? Like I look at certain characters, I look at Yoda 
and I don't see him as that. I see him to be kind of like a, to me, I feel like he's more towards the middle to kind of keep that peace. He's not too apologetic or too, yeah. you know, I don't know your thoughts. Yeah. I think that the, so I think this, the lesson here is really this, first of all, the self-evaluation, it's important to be able to do that, to look yourself in the mirror and make these kind of assessments. And I think these questions are good for driving kind of, you know, driving it. I know for me as a leader, there's things that I do. So in where I work now, there's only two of us that are military. There's one uh, U.S. civilian and three local national German civilians. Yeah. And I use, I do look and say, all right, is there something I could be doing to help? Because like, so for instance, the local national civilian, he does a lot of like contract support through NATO. And, and at times he'll say, Hey, you know, this is very overwhelming. And then I have to look, is there something I could be doing differently to free me up to be able to help him to take someone off his plate to better, you know, the, the team. And then here it talks about your strength and weaknesses. But for me, I think it's about identifying strengths and weaknesses in your team as well. And that will help you figure out how you could do something to help, you know, better support that. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, that's a great outlook on that. Um, and it's kind of like you're putting, practical application to something once again that we're pulling from a movie and we've we've talked about many times that you can learn from movies you just you can't like say oh that's totally the truth you know hey we got we got star wars stuff here and that's how life should be you know anyways um no i i love i love your, your thought process on that all right ed we're gonna play the second clip and then you take us into it all right so here's that second clip from our man han Bring them on. I prefer a straight fight to all this sneaking around. All right, that's my main man, Harrison Ford, legendary actor, playing Han Solo. And, and you know, he's 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 very um, blunt about everything, right, all through the series. Yeah. So in, oh, yeah. in this quote, you know, bring them out, bring them on. I prefer a straight fight to all this sneaking around stuff. This is from Star Wars, uh, episode four, A New Hope. Um, but... You know, there's things that happen, and, and it, you know, basically, an article it says being a leader isn't about stirring up trouble. It does pay to face trouble head on when it arises, and this goes back to the old, you know, nothing gets better with time, right? So for me, you know, as a leader, if one of my soldiers is messed up, it's better to not hide the the you know the deficiency from like you, the first arm. It's better to go right. straight, you know, straight at it. Um, I'll give you a good example. This week, you know, soldiers, we got gate guard. You already know I have all kinds of heartburn from gate Opinion. guard. So we're doing the gate guard. <laughs> we're doing the COVID screening questions, right? And yeah. there's supposed to be four people. So the first sergeant comes up. And, and the soldier, I thought this is a new sergeant, newer, you know, like recently promoted in the last six months. So the first sergeant comes up and he looks at me and he says, Hey, uh, I thought there's supposed to be four of you who's missing. And, and the sergeant, you know, says, Oh, it's from my platoon. And he goes, okay. So at this point he could have came up with all kinds. Oh, he called me. Oh, he said he's having car trouble, but you know, the soldier just said, Hey, I mean, he, I, I, I tried to call him. I didn't get him first sergeant, you know? So the first sergeant says, so, so the first sergeant handles it. Well, I think he's honest about it. He doesn't try to cover up for his, his partner in crime there. So the first sergeant says, you know, he's going out for a run. He says, I want him in my office before I get back at, yeah. at, at nine. So the, the sergeant shows up because it was a sergeant ends up. It was late. 
And, you know, the sergeant was like at nine, he went to the first sergeant's office to face the music. And he said, I have no excuse. I overslept. And that's what this is. It's better to just face that trouble head on when it arises. Why go in there and make a ton of excuses mm-hmm. when you can go in there and, and just be honest about it? And a lot of times I find when soldiers start making a bunch of excuses with you when you're talking to them as a senior leader and your experience and you, you're questioning, a lot of times you'll dig in and you'll find the lie. And now their integrity is gone. So now it's even worse. So just it's so much better as a leader to just do what Han says. Bring them on. I prefer a straight fight than all this sneaking around. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I'm gonna I want to bring up two points I brought uh, I got from this. Um, one is actually from the first one is from because uh, you know I'm I've been reading the Jocko's uh, newest book, uh, Leadership Strategies and Tactics. Great mm-hmm. book, by the way. I love it. I it love is. the fact I how have. this each yeah each one of the chapters are kind of short, but there's really good information like locked in each one of these chapters. Um, and his in one of the chapters it kind of correlates also to Kevin Cruz at the same time. You're going to see where I'm going with this, uh, where he talks about uh, be truthful with everyone, you know, like tell them what's going on, you know, even in a situation where maybe something's top secret or whatever. And let's just, we'll we'll dabble down that way of you can't tell them stuff specifically because it's top secret, but you can say, I can't tell you right now because it's top secret or because yeah. it's need to know basis or something like that. Right. So it's being upfront and honest. Um, and you know, Kevin Cruz, he reveal everything. That's what he talked about. You know, even <laughs> pay salaries, right. In that same sense, you got Han, he's basically kind of like, Hey, I want it straight up. I, 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 I want to see what's coming at me. I'd rather have that than, you know, just kind of like, Oh, be caught by surprise. Uh, I, I can yeah. tell you one of the key things like throughout the years, one of those, and you know, it just as well as I do is uh, bad news does not get better with time. I've Absolutely. heard that since I was a private. And I think that is another piece. It's kind of like, Hey, be upfront and honest right off the bat. If, if you did something, take an ownership of it. That's an extreme ownership piece. But at the same time, before, you know, be forthright and upfront right off the bat and say, Hey, this is what happened. And that way people can start making adjustments and they can react as needed. So I, I brought up the point about react. There's, there's, you have people who are proactive and you have people that are reactive, mm-hmm. right? And this is where I'm going to bring in a, a, a little uh, Easter egg nugget. I feel of Han Solo and his leadership style. Um, when I watch Han, and I, I observe him as, as a character throughout this show. I feel like he has leadership qualities that are underdeveloped um, and that he's overreactive. You're right? If you've ever had one of those leaders who you bring them a tidbit of information and they overreact and you're just like, whoa, man, why are you acting so stupid about this? You know what I mean? I tend to feel like Han's that way. I like, I like him as a go-getter. I like him as being uh, an adventurous. I like him, the fact that he's like, you know what? No, we're just going to go after this. Just like he said, mm-hmm. we're going to be straightforward. But the weaknesses I see are how he does tend to overreact, you know? And was that maybe Harrison Ford and his acting style? I don't know, because even when you watched, and like you said, you didn't care for Solo, but when you watch Solo, it's almost like Han is a little overreactive, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. come on, guy, you know? Yeah, um, but that's kind of... Yeah, yeah, a little bit over the top as a leader, 
so those were the, my two pieces from that that I want to bring up. And I know you're going to probably bring up something about Luke later, you know, where you saw a negative side of him too. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, the first one, I just couldn't bring up when we were talking about Yoda and his uh, explanation about the dark side. I have a hard time saying anything bad about Yoda. He's kind of like, he's like that, that one, you know, it's just like, oh, you, you just don't see anything wrong in him type thing. But yeah, he's super Zen. It's uh, <laughs> totally in tune with himself. But what else? Do you, do you get anything else on that, man? Well, so this, first of all, it's really funny, Brian, because in the margin of my article here, I have written reveal everything. Kevin Cruz <laughs> equals trust and we have talked many many times about the importance of trust you know we've we've also talked about the importance of integrity but i really feel like trust and integrity are just like so intermingled because with one you can't have trust without the integrity and i can't you know i can't trust yeah. you and you know this whole thing so i, I think that it plays a role and then in, in the article, it actually says 99%, 99.1% of employees prefer a workplace in which leaders and team identify and discuss issues uh, truthfully. So I, I can't yes. help but think, you know, the current scenario where we're at now in the world with this COVID-19. And, and, and I think that, you know, I feel for those small businesses that had to like tell people, hey, I'm, you know, we got to close our doors, but if they were honest and said, you know, Hey, we got to close our doors and we're not sure if we're going to be able to open back up, at least you were up front. You know what I mean? Where if I'm sitting home for 60 days, yeah, exactly. because you knew you weren't going to open back up, but you didn't tell me like, that's just, that's so wrong as a leader. So I'm thinking about these current times and I'm hoping a lot of people who had to do this were just honest and said, Hey, there's a 50, 50 chance that I'm going to open back up or there's no way or whatever. Um, because that trust is so important in building a team and building an organization, Brian. And, and you know, like I do, once you lose somebody's trust, if you can get it back, it's going to be a lot of work and very difficult. You're exactly correct, man. It, and it, it is, it's hard to build that, you know, build that type of trust in any organization from the start. So just somebody who kind of knocks at that trust at any point, you just, I mean, it just totally degrades the entire system. So all right, so you ready to move on to this next one? Absolutely. So here's our number three, Luke Skywalker. There is still good in him. He's more machine rather than man, twisted and evil. So you just heard Luke uh, trying to explain about how he actually felt good still within his father. And you see that throughout. It's kind of like, that's to me, Ed, that's kind of like some of that growth. Uh, that you kind of notice with Luke, you know, from New Hope all the way to Empire, you see how he's kind of turning from that, what I mentioned earlier, that boy to that man. Uh, and I really want to kind of like, I think, I feel like it's kind of like some emotional intelligence, right? But it's using the force for emotional intelligence. It's kind of weird, but uh, that's kind of <laughs> like how I see it. Uh, Basically, what the author is telling us here about that situation, though, is that leaders should do their due diligence to identifying, hiring, and nurturing the best people for the right jobs. So that's what they're talking about in that aspect. But I kind of see it a little bit more in, more in depth than that. But I, I'm going to continue on with what they say. This ensures that they're surrounded by a team that can more easily collaborate and support each other. However, if one or more team members are struggling, they deserve a chance to sort it out. 
Great leaders mm. are able to recognize this and offer support rather than ultimatums. Um, that's to me. Okay, so when I see what Luke said about there is still good in him, you know, and he talks about that. Uh, he basically is talking about that with Obi-Wan's spirit. To me, it's almost like he's picking up on certain essence of his father, the good in him, you know, um, and in, how many times, you know, have you had a conversation with someone first time you talk to him and you're like, wow, this, I, I like this person for some reason, right? You, you feel that oh, essence yeah. of good in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, how many times have you talked to somebody and you say, I just can't stand them. You know what I mean? Like, like something about them bothers me. I need to, you know, obviously you got to get over myself first. Right. Uh, and it's funny. I just heard it in that saying, I, I, cause I'm also listening not only am I reading Jocko's book, but also when I'm on my truck and I'm driving to work, I'm listening to it. So I'm kind of like at <laughs> double doses of it. Um, but he talks about uh, an ego clash, right? And and basically you got to kind of like, you got to push your ego aside because ego is a big thing to him. But basically how he was noticing that his ego was getting in the way and he was over, he was basically puffing up his ego because this other guy's ego was all puffed up and it almost like two big egos in a room colliding. And he had to kind of step back and he had to kind of like say, Hey, listen, I have to tell you, your organization's great. And he started complimenting him and he started making the other guy feel better. Who's massaging him in a sense, massaging his ego. And it kind of loosened up that other guy. Mm-hmm. And then he felt like he could cooperate with this guy. And then they built a relationship, all that. But before that, you know, it was, it's like in the same situations, like when you approach somebody, you're like, I just don't like this person right now. Right. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts about that, man? One, I just finished that part of the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good part, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's really funny. I just was sitting here and I was I was counting the sentences in number three in the article. And there are literally four sentences. That's it. And these four sentences to, to me say two really powerful things. The first little bit, bit, the first two sentences, that's talent management. That's why we have like certain jobs in the army have hiring panels. That's why they scrub our records briefs, our, our base, our snapshot of our career for certain jobs, because it's about putting the right, you know, the right butt in the seat. Right. And and we've done talent management over and over. But so for like, for my team, it's very important for us because we deal with other countries and we're going to meet with these other countries. And I can't go there with somebody with the personality of a rock. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So that's why it's important. You know, who can I collaborate with? Who can I work with? You know, these hiring panels, they have questions, which we have certain questions that are really, I just don't like them. I'm going to eventually try to work to get them changed to be more like driven to, to exactly this. Who is easier to collaborate with? Who is willing to support the team? The second piece, I really like the idea that great leaders are able to recognize uh, when their team members are struggling. Mm-hmm. And offer yep. support rather than ultimatums. And and it also, you know, it says when team members are struggling, they deserve a chance to sort it out. They're not waiting for first sergeant to come in and say, hey, here's how you fix that. Now, if it's serious, right, sharp, uh, unethical, things like that nature of that nature, then, yeah, I get it. But, you know, certain times you got to give them the rope and be like, here, here's a nugget that I think might help you and then let them go and sort it out themselves because you're developing them then. So to me, number three is all about talent management and yes. personal or professional growth. That's what yes. I see in it, Brian. 
Um, and as you were talking, man, my brain just starts like exploding with <laughs> thoughts about this, right? Um, it's almost as if my brain was the Death Star and Luke just shot into the nucleus there. And boom. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when I thought about that, man, I was like, you know, let's think about it this way also. Because I mentioned about how like sometimes you meet people and you just can't stand them, right? Yeah. But let, let's say, like, for instance, if I had a platoon sergeant and he came to me and says, uh, Private Snuffy, I, I, I just I don't want them doing blah, blah, blah anymore. Or I, I, I don't recommend for this. If I'm being a good enough leader, though, why don't I get to know who Private Snuffy is also, right? And that's is that battlefield, battlefield circulation that we talk about. Get mm-hmm. out there, getting to know them. Because maybe there's an, maybe there's an ego clash between them two. And I don't know that yet. Um, maybe there's a, a communication barrier that I'm not seeing, right? I can't always, as the leader, now, in many cases, I don't have time to talk to every single person every single day, right? I, I have to pick and choose in, a, in, a, in an organization that's almost pushing 400 people. I have to pick and choose on who I talk to in that particular day. Now, we're not all at work right now because of what's going on, but... At the same time, though, I can't always go off of what my senior leaders are saying about certain people, too. Oh, I still not. have to. Yeah, I have to, I have to form an opinion. Right. I have to see is there good in them or are they a part of the dark side? Right. But and that to me, I think that's a big key piece, too. Um, but before I go any further, you brought up to me earlier <laughs> on before we started the show about oh. a a leadership weakness of Luke that you just came up, you stumbled across today. I did. And it actually feeds into uh, something else later on. But so if you watch a new hope, right. Right. At the end and and later on, we're going to talk a little bit about empathy, but at the end of the film, the death star is blown up, right? Boom. And they're back and Luke parks his X wing fighter and they're downloading uh, R2D2 who was hit in the fighting and C-3PO, who is R2-D2's best friend, is, like, taken aback because of the condition R2-D2. You know, he's worried. He's like, oh, my goodness. And as Luke gets out the X-Wing fighter, C-3PO says, sir, is he going to be okay? Oh, sir. Or, you know, he says, sir, can can you fix him? And uh, Luke just pats him on the shoulder and says, he'll be okay. And then he walks off with Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Chewbacca and leaves him standing there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like to me to me it's like this guy's worried that his best friend really in, in essence could be destroyed and you just give him a pat on the shoulder and say he'll be fine and then leave absolute lack of of empathy there again you, you talked about the progression of Luke skywalker though this is pretty early you know Luke skywalker this is before he goes and starts his jedi training and all this good yeah. stuff but for us as leaders that cannot be the case. We cannot just say, yeah, you'll figure it out and see you, see you later. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about um, recognizing that, they, they, that they're struggling and being able to support them, <laughs> all right, yeah. that's, that's the important piece. You see, he's, so talk to him, see what's going on. This is what your, your, your people you work with, you work for, whatever. But as a leader, you need to recognize these things and kind of put yourself in their shoes. And that's what Luke didn't do. He did not put himself into C-3PO's metal shoes and, and, you know, think about how he felt. All he thought about is the Death Star is blown up. We've won this fight. 
and I'm going to collect my medal and eat. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke has a lack of empathy, you're saying. He does demonstrate it in this instance. Yes, he does. But but we see the growth of Luke, and we've talked about that thus far. We're, and, we'll, you know, we'll get there because we're going to get you know, a little bit further here. Ed, are you ready to hear the wise leadership wisdom of C-3PO? Of my man C-3PO, yes. All right. Here it is. I suggest a new strategy, Artu. Let the walk-in So... All right, C-3PO here. This quote is not as profound as the one we open the show up with from Chewbacca, but it does involve <clears throat> Chewbacca. For those who aren't Star Wars fans, he's the giant seven-foot furry Wookiee. Uh, but, you know, as a leader, we need to know how to pick our battles. And, and um, you know, I didn't have the pleasure of serving with you when you were a first sergeant, but that, that that's what comes to mind for me is, when my bosses or superiors tell me something, there's times when I don't agree, but you can't tell them every single time. I don't agree because this, I, because then you get this reputation of being what we talked about with Anakin Skywalker and Luke, uh, and, and of being whiners. You know what I mean? You don't want that person, but you also have to be willing to go up and say, Hey, I, I have to fight this fight. And that's all he's saying. He's saying, I suggest new strategy or to let the Wookiee win. Um, <laughs> he doesn't lose his arm. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that, that's important. And, and, you know, in the article, it says whether that's internal, recognizing it's time to stop micromanaging or external, empowering your team to make decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. It's important to recognize that leadership, it isn't always about being right or owning every situation. And so this week I had lunch with a guy. He told me, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Fort Campbell. He basically is going where you and I came from to the Academy. And he said, Hey, well, you'll have lunch with me. You know, maybe I can ask you some questions and stuff. So I said, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we go to lunch. He works for one of, uh, one of my better friends at work who her and I used to share an office together. So he started, you know, talking about his organization. I said, well, how is, you know, how is she? And he says, I'm going to be honest, sorry, she's really good. She's better than I thought she was going to be. I said, well, that's good. He's like, she's what we needed to fix our organization. I said, well, that's awesome. He's like, but I have one problem with her. And I said, uh-oh. I said, all right, well, be careful. What, what is it? He says, she, sometimes she just wants things done now, and she doesn't give them to us to do. She'll just do them herself. Mm. And, and that is this right here, right? Yes. It's not always about being a writer owning every situation. And this is who she is. I told him, I said, oh, yeah, she's always been like that. Uh, when I worked with her before, she was like that. But you know what? As as her friend, you know, I, I, I talked to her before about this, and I talked to her again. I said, so how's it going over there? Like, are you passing things out to the troops? So without her knowing that this soldier came to me and was, we were having lunch and it just came up. You know, I kind of hinted at, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm still, I still don't like to give things up like I should. Okay. So you actually recognize your weakness. That's a huge positive for yes. me, but yeah. So this is what this made me think of. I actually wrote it in my notes about, about that situation. And one of my, uh, as we say in the army, my battle buddies, and, and, and then it makes it worse is because she's currently in the master leader course, which is really a lot of work. But still, she's trying to own too much without passing it out. She has a lot of, she has a lot of subordinates to her, like a lot of staff sergeants and a lot of sergeant first classes. And 
So it, it makes your own headache too, man. I don't know about you, but anytime I've been, I, I was like that at one point and it is stressful when you feel like I have to just do everything myself. It is. Fact, no. I know you were like that. Yes, I was. There was a point where I was like that. And I had to I learn. Knew you were. <laughs> I had to learn to let go or there would be no sleep at night, you know, type thing. Um, and there's still, you know, I still have, I still have wakeless night, you know, that I'm just kind of like up and I'm like, crap, I can't believe I, you know, didn't do this or I got to check on this, you know, and I'll write it down or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I want to back up. All right. Let's back up. Yeah. Yep. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. No, um, I wanted to mention, so <laughs> I find it hilarious that we're literally using a quote from C3PO in this <laughs> because of all the characters, of all the characters in the whole Star Wars universe that we get to see and we get to you know watch and, and just enjoy, he to me is like the least likely leader in the entire series. <laughs> right? Like I put I put Judge Binks of above him on being a good leader. Like what, that's how I feel. What's that? How you talk about Jar Jar Binks? You do not. Minimized <laughs> effort of the great Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. When you, when you say that he's like, he's like a evil Sith Lord, and no one knows it. <laughs> I believe. It. Yeah, there's no way somebody could be that much of a buffoon. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, but you're taking. What we're doing is, as leaders, we're accepting, right? We're accepting the opinion of someone else who we know is not a good leader, but has great ideas, has great thoughts, and maybe even looks at something a little bit different, which that's going to be part of our next one that we're going to kind of get into. I think that, to me, is, that's like that next level type stuff, Ed. You know, it's that next level up of humility, right? So when we are able to be humble servant leaders, we open the room for communication it's a two-way street in most instances. I can't say all instances because yep. sometimes there are times when it should just be a one-way conversation, right? And, 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 you know, Jocko talks about in the book, too, about, like, if I give you a direct order or, like, hey, get under there. We're taking that build. Like, there's instances where you have to just be forceful and you got to say, we're doing this. But that's not every single time, every single day. There's it's very far and few between. But it's the idea that we can take the opinion of someone and we can develop it into a group norm all right so i suggest a new strategy r2 let the wookie win he's just mm -hmm. making a suggestion he's making an observation and so be it right no one is uh getting their arms ripped off uh even though that's what han <laughs> actually refers to um, and then chewbacca right puts that. his arms behind his head and leans back <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. love it <laughs> man um but that but that's what i'm getting at is like it's that understanding as a good leader allow those people within their realm i mean and it's really and almost i feel like when i say allow it's like Hey, you're the emperor. Allow people to speak. No, it's not what I mean. What I mean is, is you know, it, it kind of help people open their voice up. Allow that that communication within you know where whatever realm you work in, because to me, you would be shocked at some of the ideas you can get from some of the most junior people who have world experience, not army experience, but world experience. And you're like, oh, we could play off of that. You know, I mean, Ed. Between you and I, I mean, we have read multiple books on leadership, mm -hmm. and a majority of them that I know I have read 
have been non-military related, but I was able to take what was said in that and transform it in a military aspect because obviously we have rules and regulations much different from the civilian sector. And I just, I find that, it, you know, it's looking at different ways and be able to accept those other opinions. Yeah, I think, first of all, it's hilarious that it is C-3PO, but yeah, no. And so when we talked about, when I talked about my battle buddy there, you know, and the one thing I think she has to understand is um, that by focusing on a bigger picture, um, you know, it allows her to prioritize her decisions which helps mm-hmm. achieve sustainable growth rather than quick wins. So by her taking the reins and, and yeah. doing these, even these little quick hit, like easy things, she's not allowing those staff sergeants to grow that are beneath her. Yeah. And, and, and that's what she's really doing. So yeah, you're, you're getting the mission done. That's awesome. But what about the development of those under you? That's the, you know, the, the real weakness. So when he says, you know, let the Wookiee win. She needs to let the Wookiee win. Let the soldiers develop too, instead of her being the one that says, "Hey, I won because we got the task done, right?" But you didn't develop them. So, yeah, she needs to go ahead and, and have her soldiers put their heads, hands behind their head, lean back in her chair. Uh, no, 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 that's the opposite. That's what she's doing now. That's the opposite of what she needs to do. But yeah, she needs to she needs to learn that because that's later on it's going to hurt her when she really needs them to step up and, and she's done stuff that they're like, I don't know what that is or how to do it. Yeah. No, I, I, and that's, I mean, to me, uh, when you mentioned micromanagement, cause you've, you and I've had that discussion many a times. And I look at this, yeah. this idea of what you what you just said about her, of taking that larger picture view. It's kind of like, I kind of see it this way. Like as you, as you elevate and rank, in that elevation, you're also supposed to be taking a larger picture, like as if, you know, um, as an E1, I'm basically, my picture is from about 5.2 feet off the ground, right? As a, as I become like, say, up to an, e, an E5 sergeant, now it's 52 feet off the ground, right? So I'm getting to see yeah. a little bit more. And then, you know, and now, like, as a first sergeant, it's like 5,200 feet off of the ground, <laughs> right? So, so there's no need for me to try to, uh, to solve a problem that is worth uh, dealing with at the 5.2 feet or the 52 yeah. feet, all right? Now, they're in my view, but at the same time, my focus is I, – I can't just pinpoint that focus on just that one instance, right? Like, if it's going to affect the entire organization, then – Heck yeah, I'm getting involved. But if it's going to affect affect um, a squad, then I don't mind giving my opinion on it. But I won't allow those leaders to lead, right? If it's going to affect the platoon, yeah. I'll give my opinion on it if you know if need be. But I won't allow those leaders to leave. I I I, uh, I posted a uh, I sent it out to my platoon sergeants when I first took over um, um, in my position, and it's a uh, it's a, a nice formatted memorandum, and it's pretty much my philosophy on leadership, right? And I. I I'll have to send it to you, Ed. You, you'll you'll get a kick out of it once you read it, um, and you'll be like, "Ah, I see what he did here." Um, but one <laughs> of the things, one of the things I constantly put in there, Ed, was about freedom of maneuver, right? And we think if you look at it in a strategic tactical th- uh, point of view, freedom of maneuver is basically I can I can move around the battlefield without any obstacles, right? Um, and that's how I kind of see it. But I think in the leadership aspect, it's the same thing where I can move around the battlefield of being a leader without obstacles being placed in my way. 
uh, by my senior leader, right? And that, yeah. I, I don't know how you've ever felt, Ed, in your past. I know it has always bothered me when, it, when I felt like my senior leader was putting up a thousand different little roadblocks for me that it almost felt like they were trying to see if I would fall. And I'm like, nah, you know, help me through this instead or just get out of my way. Let me do it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the, what was the saying? Leave me, follow me, or get out the way. Yeah, that's the exactly. It's a patent saying, but yeah, no, and you know, and I, again, I grew up in a competitive uh, military occupation specialty, and people back in the early two thousands were afraid you were going to pass them, and so some of that stuff, like the senior leader trying to hold you back. Yeah, I definitely have experienced that, Brian. Yeah. All right, Ed, we ready to move on to our last little quote? Yes, this is some wisdom here. And, and, and you know, it's funny. Um, I'm going to, this is from Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I'm kind of excited, Ed, because they're supposed to be doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, a spinoff. And I've always <laughs> loved that character from the get-go. Um, even, even after he passed, you know, as his ghost spirit, I was always just kind of like infatuated with him. But let's listen to this real quick, and then we'll dive right into it. So here you go. Here's Obi. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. All right, so Obi, I played a little bit more than what was in the article there because I kind of wanted to get the full spectrum of what he meant. But when he, you know, because basically in the article really, it's only talking about many of the truths we cling to depend greatly upon our own point of view. Uh, you know, basically, if you think about it, one of our greatest assets as leaders is empathy, right? And that's where yeah. they're trying to get at with this is empathy. However, if you think about it, if I can't look, and, and you brought this up just a few minutes ago, but if I can't look at a problem uh, through the other person's eyes, then can I truly understand what's going on i don't think so to me it's kind of you know he's talking about ie seeing situations problems and solutions from other points of view right so if i have somebody that comes to me and they have this issue right and i am just being apathetic and not caring mm -hmm. and i'm just saying okay this is a solution so i'm i'm basically taking that that square peg and trying to put it in that round hole and i'm going to force it through well when you do that, if it gets through, you're shaving off something there, right? You're, you're creating some type of disarray. You're, you're, you're messing things up. Instead of me taking that square block and I'm looking at it a little bit and I'm like, oh, wait a second. This square block is not going to fit there because I'm kind of seeing what's going on here. Oh, but look, there's a different spot I can put it and that it will fit in. And I put it in. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that perspective and looking at things and I'm trying to get into it. And I find that Obi-Wan, the way he goes through that, because he even goes a little bit further, and so he does a certain point of view, right? And that, to me, is key also, because you can't always get all points of view, right? But you have yours, and you should be able to at least get one more. So now what you do is you get almost like a 3D picture of what's going on versus I'm taking this 2D picture uh, kind of aspect of it. Um, so right here, he talks about it's important to remember that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. Instead, it's about showing the way with your actions, right? Uh, actions speak louder than words, Ed, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So this is, so I've been doing, uh, I'm back in school, and I'm writing a paper, 
on three great leaders from World War II. All right, you can guess one, but it's basically it's Patton, uh, Field Marshal Field Marshal Montgomery from the British, and Field Marshal Rommel from the German side. Um, and, and one of the things I learned, so two of those three, this is a philosophy of theirs, is it's not about telling people what to do. Instead, it's about showing the way with your actions. So two of these leaders believe it was impossible to lead soldiers if you weren't with the soldiers. Uh, one of them, he was a gory hound, and he wasn't all about that life. Um, you know, I, I give you a great instance. Uh, they're, they're going into a village, and the tank stops, and they're afraid to proceed. And Patton gets out there and starts walking with the tank into this, you know, this town. Uh, because he is like, hey, if they see that their general's not afraid to get shot at, then they won't be afraid to be shot at either. He literally, not just... It, it, put the, himself in his shoes like you know mentally he literally put himself into their shoes and said hey follow me let's go uh and that's also where something like that quote follow me lead me or get out the way kind of comes from is stuff like that you know leading from the front showing them the way now a little more you know that's on a severe level right but yeah i i think that's what obi-wan's really talking about here like look at obi-wan the death star the first death star right he goes on that mission. He goes to take out the uh, the reactor himself. He could have been like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But that wasn't, he knew it had to get done. So he led from the front, right? And he he did it. He showed them the way. You know, uh, Luke, when he, I feel like when he drops the lightsaber with, with Luke, he is showing Luke that, you know, sometimes sacrifice is the way to a greater good. So he's kind of shown the way there too. At least that's how I yeah. see it anyway, Brian. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And and that's what that's what I get at. It's like um if we go back to the instance where I mentioned about if I take the opinion of the of that platoon sergeant about an individual, well, am I really kind of looking at a different point of view at all? Or am I just taking one point of view? Which yeah. So I took their point of view. Now I need to make my own and, and, and kind of you know, adjust and, and kind of like and evaluate it and take some empathy. And theirs could be flawed, you know. Maybe that person yeah. who gives you that opinion had a bad experience. Maybe, maybe first Sergeant Weber just give me, you know, some kind of administrative action, and then now you show up and ask me how is he, and I'm going to tell you based off of my emotion. So is it an honest assessment? This is something I had to learn early as a sergeant too. Talking about that is, you know, I was good for getting into a section, and they'd be like, "Oh, this one is this. This soldier is that. This soldier is that." Then I became that NCO who would do it. And a guy comes in and he's new. And I'm like, you know, he's a mechanic. And I'm like, well, this soldier's this, this. He said, no, nah, don't tell me anymore, Sergeant. I'm I'm going to figure it out for myself. And they, that's when it kind of resonated with me that, you know, that makes sense because that's my opinion of them. That's not his opinion. So this is something that at, over the leadership development of my career, something I had to work with and learn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ed, I am going to bring up something. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I had a friend uh, sometime, Max Cerna. Um, he's retired now. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, I still, I don't know if he listens to the show. I think he does, um, but I still see lots of things. He, he's a big star. He's the one that got me into the Darth Bane series that I brought up earlier. Um, however, it is a podcast that was done, um, and it's very short. Uh, you, you're looking at, I think the longest episode is literally six minutes, but it's called a different point of view. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't heard of that one. 
Oh, so you are in for a treat, my friend. You and your wife need to sit down and listen to this one. And for those of you out there, it's it's great. I love it because it literally, it starts off with that same clip about Obi-Wan saying a certain point of view, right? And it's 25 episodes. So you, go, you can go to like iTunes um, and you can just put type in a different point of view. Uh, 25 episodes, longest, like the longest one on here. There's two of them that are six minutes and the rest of them are like three and four minutes. And that's it. And some of them are like two hmm. minutes. And there's even one that's one minute. Um, hilarious. And what it is, really? here it is. It is a, di- a, the, a different point of view from that of one of the stormtroopers, right? And they're basically <laughs> talking about like, like the very first one I want to say is about bad shots. It's called bad shots, right? And it's about how, no, we really <laughs> don't have bad shoot. shots. Yeah, yeah, they can't shoot. And he, he basically like defends like the bad shooting. And I think that really correlates with this too, because <laughs> then you, once you listen to this, Ed, I'm telling you, first, you're going to laugh your butt off because it is really funny how it's all put together. I do want to warn any of our listeners that there are there is explicit language in it. It, is, it does have the E rating on it. So um, if you, you don't like cussing or anything like that, I, 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 it's very bare minimum. But um, it's just so funny, though, because it gives you that other point of view about different things. Like he even goes into uh, in this about like, talks about droids and stuff but one of the key ones is talking about the uh the jedi and how they're just like crazy religious zealots and all this and they're you know they're just they're (laughs) insane um but it but it's funny because now you look at and when you once you listen to this and then you watch the star wars show you're you kind of it sits in the back of your brain and you're like i do kind of feel bad for those stormtroopers you know i mean it's hilarious um it gives you a different point of view I like to bring up something a little bit off of Star Wars, but it's associated with that different point of view also. Have you, Ed, ever heard of um, the book or the play called Wicked? Yes. You, you are, so you are familiar with that? I am familiar. Uh, actually, we wanted to see it in London, but we couldn't get tickets. Okay, so and that's the reason I brought it up, because I feel like it, it's a good playoff on a great classic movie um, that gives you a different point of view. And I, I find that once somebody sees Wicked, or the play, M- Michelle and I went and seen the play, and I, I think I've listened to some audio from the audiobook. Uh, I recommend it to anyone, but it gives you a different point of view of Wizard of Oz and the Wicked Witch and how she really wasn't wicked. She was just uh, portrayed as such from a certain point of view. And, um, but, and I know that's a whole nother area, and we're talking about Star Wars right now, but I just thought that was yeah. kind of really cool and really it's really cool and related uh, to, you know, childhood classics that we love. Um, but other than that, Ed, what do you think about the whole piece about learning from Star Wars? Well, I think that it's very important because it shows you that you can learn. Like these are lessons that started out. Some of these are from 40 years ago. Um, so, you know, lifelong learning is a thing. And this is just another method is learning I look for leadership in a lot of movies, but Star Wars just has a ton of it. Um, of course, I watch a lot of military movies, so obviously, right? <laughs> I can pick up some things <laughs> from there, but yeah. I, that's why I kind of thought this was important is uh, to just kind of look at it and be like, wow, Star Wars. And some people, some of our listeners may be like, wow, now I, you know, they may look at Star Wars differently the next time they watch it. 
which is should be sometime this week because it's made of yeah. at least watch your favorite at episode. Least one but, episode. <laughs> yeah, so you may you may start looking at things differently, man. Look for different points of view and 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 leadership lessons in film, and they're there. You know, I have a question, Ed, uh, for you. I'm I'm kind of curious. So there's a particular person we always bring up, and we always talk about him. And you know, if you say <laughs> his name, I'm gonna have to do a commercial. But however. I wonder which side he would be on. Would he be a part of the Sith or would he be a part of the Jedi? No, he's a Jedi because he's very Zen. Now, now, very pre-retirement, would uh-huh. would he have been Sith or Jedi? But he would the, tell you the he one we Sith. knew, the one we got to know, yeah, really, I think he's very Jedi. Oh, I, I believe now. he's Jedi. Now. He's so Zen. He's kind of. No, oh yeah, yeah. Pre-retirement, I would say that the bearded ninja. Have you ever been walking across Tatooine? Your lightsaber on your side, the Force running through you, speaking to droids, hand motions, letting people know these are not the droids they're looking for. Well, if you're that type of person and you've got a full luscious beard and bald head then you need to look for the Bearded Ninja Beard Bomb, Star Wars Edition, lightsaber colors, bright red and blue, <laughs> found everywhere, sold nowhere. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. You think stormtroopers have beards? I, You know, I, it makes you wonder different things. I mean, you know, throughout the years, and obviously we're ending out this show with banter now, um, Throughout the years, there have been multiple famous people who have played uh, stormtroopers in the movie, and you don't know who they are unless they tell you. Like, for instance, I'm pretty sure the the princes, Prince William and Harry, I want to say they were in one of the movies as stormtroopers before, um, and the newer ones. I I don't know exactly. I know Daniel Craig was. Daniel Craig was, yep. who else was there? No. Oh, the singer Ed Sharon. I think he was in one. Um, really? I want to say he was. I could be I didn't wrong. Hear any whining? Huh? <laughs> I said I didn't hear much whining. So I don't know. Maybe. Well, Ed. Maybe he was in in one of the newer ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, you know, he's he's a bit of a ginger, so he was probably one of the redder storm stormtroopers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be messed up. Uh, no, but I I, th- I think it I think it's kind of amazing that you know people get to play roles and you don't even know they're in it unless like they literally say yeah that was me you know type of situation um yeah and that's a big thing though too like like to be involved in that uh another one uh recent was the game of thrones you know how people like they basically just wanted to be in the show and they'll play any part just because they want to be a part of it so but i think i think to be a part of star wars in general to me is a is a huge huge um privilege you know it, it's such an iconic thing and like you said there's so much we could take from it and in it not only is it entertaining but there are also plenty of instances that we could we could grab onto and we could say wow that could help me develop in my ways or you know even say wow do i kind of act like darth vader or the emperor am i like one of those type of people where i'm you know kind of controlling and manipulative and things like that um but then again you the Jedi, they can be just as manipulative and they're just using it a certain way. You know, um, there's the manipulative of benefit for you or manipulative of benefit for the entire group type thing. So, uh, but other than that, Ed, uh, I really have nothing else to say about this. 
was there anything you wanted to bring up more about it or are you about no i thought yeah so i think that uh we're doing this this year a lot of quotes from mainly like mainly uh you know episode four and five so i know there's articles out there forbes has articles on this so a lot i don't know man i feel like uh maybe 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 next year we're gonna have to revisit lessons learned from uh from star wars yeah pull out some new ones you know yeah i mean there, there's lots of material out there i haven't even watched the cartoons so oh really there's a lot of material out there hey the cartoons <laughs> are really good i i enjoy them um you know all the different ones they got going on uh, but with that, really, Ed, uh, if if I was somebody and I was new to the Force and the awakening of it, <laughs> um, which is known as instinctive influencers, how might I learn more about us? Well, what you can do, Brian, is you can check us out on all social media platforms at 101 Influence on Facebook. Go in there, answer the questions, join the private Facebook page. You can also check us out on on the gram instagram at 101 influence and uh at either of these locations you can send us a message uh, you know twitter both of us have twitter accounts and then also the instinctive influencers website where you can meet the faces see the faces get to know the faces and uh and, and learn more about your instinctive influencers back to you brian well, Ed, I appreciate you kind of letting us know where they could find out more about us, and uh, and actually bringing up this subject, man. This is this is amazing. You know, this this episode it's actually going to release on May the fourth. So may the fourth be with you, my friend, and with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks for uh, tuning in, y'all. I, I, we really appreciate the support and um, all the love that you show us. Uh, with that, I am Brian, and I am Ed. <sighs> And here's a small message from our friend, Jar Jar Binks. Inform <laughs> the Emperor that the Jedi Temple has been sealed. Yes, my lord. Annie? Little Annie! Jar Jar, I am no longer <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. These are some nice advice, you fooba! Jar Jar, it is very important. Never speak to me again. What's that happened to you? I burn your face. Annie, Papani! What's that happened to you? Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>